With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence, CC with BB. I'm Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, your host. I'm a psychiatrist in private practice and a faculty member at the University of Virginia. Each week, my guests and I talk about meaningful coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We discuss synchronicity from its many perspectives, spirituality, practically, and statistically. Why? To increase your connection to coincidences so that you can benefit from coincidence awareness in your daily life. I've written a book also called Connecting with Coincidence. And you can put that phrase, Connecting with Coincidence, in your browser to find my book, Psychology Today blog, website, and social media sites. If you want to know how sensitive you are to coincidences, go to my website to take the Weird Coincidence survey, Connecting with Coincidence. Our guest today is the producer and owner of uh, the radio station that I have the pleasure to be on, Rob McConnell. Rob is a raconteur of major quality. He knows lots of stuff. One of the most cynical guys and most open-hearted guys at the same time that I have had the pleasure to meet and who is very funny. And he has listened to uh, maybe 42 of my shows as the producer of them. I'm so delighted that he has stayed with me on that. And I would, I want to know in this program, what does he think of coincidences? We've talked about them generally. He's heard my guests describe them and how they work and how they might work and how they appear in people's lives. But now I get a chance to ask Rob, what do you think about this coincidence business, Rob? Hey, Bernie. Great being on the other side of your show. Uh, by the way, I love producing your show, and I've seen the the number of hearts and the number of people that you've touched over the months of, of your show being on the network. And, man, you do a great job. Thank you for everything you do, Bernie. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much, Rob. Coming from you, that means a lot. Well, thanks, buddy. Um, I, I, I've got to tell you something, Bernie. I, I kind of sit on the fence when it comes to coincidence and synchronicity list i mind you i'm 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 kind of leaning over to the believer side instead of the skeptic side after having had the experience and the pleasure of listening to you and your guests uh i i think one of my biggest 
problems that I have trying to equate the entire formula is that how does one coincidence in one's person life not affect the entire global structure, the global consciousness? That's, that's what I have a little bit of a hard time understanding. Well, I, that's an excellent question, and I think um, uh, with as we talk about that, we might get to uh, an answer of yes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are large coincidences and there are small coincidences, but let's let, let me ask you about what you mean by global consciousness, because that's a crucial, crucial question for me. All right, let's just say that you and I are standing on the side of a pond. The water is very still, and we toss in one one pebble. It causes the ripple effect. Now, as I see it, that would be one person having a singular coincidence or, or synchronicity happening in their lives at that very moment. But we're not alone on this planet. So when you toss in a stone and then I toss into another stone and another stone and another stone, we see the different ripples interacting with each other. This is what I can't understand, Bernie. If I'm having a, a, um, an experience of synchronicity or coincidence, how can what I'm having, the experience, not be affecting everyone else in the global consciousness if, in fact, the synchronistic effect that I am experiencing is true and real? Uh, you seem to be um, maybe saying something like the butterfly effect. What's the butterfly effect? That ones that a butterfly's wings mm. um, beating have yeah. an effect uh, someplace else. Right. Exactly. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, and I want to know your sense of the medium of this global consciousness, and then I can come back to the question of the specific uh, coincidence. All right. I believe in cause and effect. You know, be if you do if you. Uh, one and one equals two. Two and two equals four. Four and four does not equal seven. It does not equal nine. It equals eight. They are steadfast facts. So how can somebody, for example, somebody says, you know what? I had this 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 synchronicity. Uh, synchron- you know, something happened to me. It's it's either coincidence or it's synchronicity, but they believe it to be. You know, they go into a car and they hear a song that has something to do with an experience they just had. If they are having a true experience, how come it doesn't affect everyone else? How come this butterfly effect, how come the ripple effect does not apply in the case of coincidence and synchronicity when it applies to everything else in, in, uh, in nature? You're, you're making a wonderful assumption here that uh, I want to be clear you, uh, clear that I think you are making, that generally speaking, everything is interconnected. Yes. Um, so uh, to, to use um, a, a, a more uh, pedestrian example, mm-hmm. if I sneeze, uh, you're God suggesting you. that I need to be able to show how that influences my environment. Well, we know how it influences your environment if you don't, for example, if you don't cover your mouth, the germs are spread, somebody else can carry, catch that cold or whatever is causing you to sneeze. If something is causing you to sneeze because it's a pollen or an allergy, that's explainable. It only affects you. But the cause of you sneezing has been established, and that cause will 
For example, if it's pollen, anyone else with an allergy to that pollen will suffer the same effect that you did. Right? Very, very good response. Very good response. Yeah. We, we don't, we have some ideas about how some coincidences uh, take place. Um, and I am looking for causal uh, explanations. Yeah. Bernie, don't take um, me wrong. Don't take me wrong. It's, it's not that I'm not a believer. I want to believe, but I need to understand and, and, and justify it to myself before I can say, what? you know what, I, I believe. Like, I, I had a guest on my show. Uh, his name is Len Caston, and he talks about UFOs. He talks about stuff that is out of this world. And, and you know, I, I, I'm a hard questioner. And he, yeah. says, he says, Rob, why do you do your show if you don't believe? It's because I want to believe I'm looking for the answers, and if I can't find the answers, then what am I supposed to believe in? Very good, very good. That that that's. I have the skeptic in me too. Yeah. It's not, and and I need to have that skeptic um, uh, responded to. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's look at uh, first the range of coincidences. Okay. There's some are relatively minor. They're smaller pebbles, and there's some that are relatively larger. They might be bigger pebbles. Right. But as we talk about this, it's this global consciousness that underlies the question. And what I am trying to be able to do is map out through mm-hmm. studying coincidences what this global consciousness looks like, what might be called the greater mind. Uh, and Because that, uh, that greater mind suggests that each of our minds are immersed in that pond we're talking about. It, it's not just a pebble being thrown in. It's an experience in the pond mm-hmm. and that causes the ripples. But that, that, those ripples in the pond have an effect, whether it's on scaring the fish that are beneath or the ripples that come onto the shore and get the shore that was seconds before dry wet. Well, one, one way to uh, answer it in a, in a general way yeah. is uh, that uh, I do a radio show on coincidences, and that has ripple effects on people's consciousness. Yes, it does. That, that makes them more aware mm-hmm. of coincidences. So that is a partial answer to your question. It's talking about it, and you've given me the opportunity to be able to do that, and it happens. And I have um, a blog, and I have a book, mm-hmm. and these are making people more aware of coincidences. That's not what you're talking about directly, but it is in the sense that what I am doing is making people more aware that coincidences exist and to look for them. And the more they look for them, the more they see them. Right. But a coincidence, like any other thing, needs to be believed in for the person who says, wow, that was a coincidence, in order to accept the fact that coincidences are real. Right or wrong? I, I, yes. Uh, okay. Right. They have to first. They have to not believe them, mm-hmm. but before believing or is seeing them. Right. Seeing them yeah. is first. Sometimes seeing is believing, but a lot of times believing is seeing. And if you don't believe, you're not going to see them. And of course, yeah. I, my personal belief is that the power of belief is the strongest power in the universe. Because if you believe you can do something, you will. Uh, we are continuing to expand that possibility, and coincidences, uh, the study of coincidences, uh, is one way to study how belief influences what our potential powers are. For example, okay. um, 
uh, one uh, people vary in the kinds of coincidences that they're interested in, the kind of ins- coincidences mm-hmm. that they experience. Um, a- as you know, I had an experience in which um, my I was choking uh, on something uh, in San Francisco at 11 p.m. one night, um, the day before my birthday mm-hmm. in 19 uh, in 1973, and I found out the next day that at 2 a.m. in Wilmington, Delaware, which was the same time in San Francisco, my father was choking on his own blood and dying. That made me a believer mm-hmm. that there are such things as coincidences, among other things. And, and that when I say coincidence, it's really a word that's a fig leaf for something else. And that something else varies, and that something else is a is a potential causal explanation, which I keep trying to look for. That coincidences alert us to the to possible causal explanations, which modern science has yet to believe in. And what happened with my father and me was a direct experience of of what telepathy used to mean, mm-hmm. tele at a distance, yeah. pathy feeling. So it was telepathy. Pathic, but since that word is now being is more cognitive, more more idea oriented, I invented the word simulpathity, and I looked around. Do other people have experiences like this? Definitely, my weird coincidence survey suggested it. So I became a believer in the possibility that people can experience the pain of a loved one at a distance, and that. By my having that experience and telling other people about it, uh, that gets other people more able to talk about their personal experiences that resemble it. You see, I look at that as not being a coincidence. I look at that as having to do something with the power of the mind for for someone in need or someone having a, a total negative experience to reach out to those that love them and that are loved who are connected by some part of the brain that we have yet to discover. I, something like that, I, I can't justify a, as being a coincidence. I think oh, it oh, is... Oh, yeah, you, you're right there, Rob. Yeah. I use the word coincidence as a fig leaf, ah, okay. uh, as a cover word, be, because we can talk about coincidences. What you just described is a kind of way of talking about telepathy, which a mm-hmm. lot of people don't believe in. But if you have a coincidence like the one I described, right. it makes you think there might be something else going on. So a coincidence can be a directive towards something else and we're coming to the end of this segment rob this is great talking with you thanks talking we'll to you be, we'll be back after a short break Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. I am your host, and I am talking with a great friend of mine, Rob McConnell, as we discuss coincidences and skepticism about them. As we ended our last segment, I would like to establish clearly uh, that I use the word coincidence as a label for the for things that are more mysterious than the word coincidence directly implies. That when you look at the word coincidence and then examine the event as you just did, you begin to open up the possibility of explanations that we have not in modern science, current science, uh, accepted yet. Uh, th- that's right. And... I, th- I think that instead of using the word skeptic in in this case, I think we should we, we should use the word investigative, because good. you know good, because good. when you investigate, you you find the truth, and uh, you know I think that when we say skeptic, skepticism has a label on it that has been misused. There are two types of skeptics: one who says nah, it's impossible, and then the other kind who uses their own belief to come up with a skeptical response. Right. I'm glad you, I'm glad you say that. I, I will call you a cautious investigator. Okay. I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. It, you know, uh, getting back to the, the, um, the psychology or the neuroscience of what you, which you aptly label coincidence and synchronicity, isn't it possible that since our body... And in fact, our brain uses electrical impulses to transmit information to all parts of the body. And we know that there is an electromagnetic field around the body, that there is the possibility that what uh, ESP actually is, is the transmission of these electrical impulses to people who share the same DNA. And the DNA in the other person is actually the receptor. My case at hand is when your dad was choking, he sends out these SOS patterns. You being his son, you love your dad. There's an emotional bond. Your DNA says, hey, wait a minute. There, there's a message coming through that Dr. Beatman's dad is, is, is having a, a medical crisis. Bang, Dr. Beatman receives that message, wakes up, and there's the synchronicity that happens. So is it synchronicity? Or is it a form of neuroscientific phenomenon that we have yet to discover? Uh, 
Can you um, can you take out the or there and and use the synchronicity I as as a hint about some kind of uh, electromagnetic neurobiological event? In my heart of heart, I can't. Uh, and I'll give you an example why. And I'll give you an example why. Yes. Somebody has a breakup with their girlfriend. They get in the car, they turn on the radio, and there is their favorite song together. Now, you call that a synchronicity. Yeah. My question is, how does a programmer who programs these radio shows well into the future know that at that set time, set day, that set song will be used to trigger a synchronicity in that person's car. Um, a similar, a similar story. Um, for a movie actress um, got into the car, mm -hmm. deciding about uh, whether she should take the the role in a movie. And there was the song that was the name of the movie that she was going to play in. Right. And it's the same question. I don't have an answer to that. Somebody brought that up just exactly the way you just said it. I don't have an answer for that. It's probably more. Uh, it, it takes a more esoteric way of looking at it than I can do right now, although some people will come up with answers for that. I'd, I'd rather stay, if you, if you will, with the, the neurobiological transmission okay. idea that you were talking about earlier when it comes to telepathy. Um, it, I, I would, if we got into the radio mind one, uh -huh. uh, we would get into some... Um, it would get too vague since I don't have that explicit. But okay. That, that is one of the most common coincidences um, that people re report, that they're thinking something and they hear it on the radio. Sometimes that's because what they're thinking is a common thing happening out mm -hmm. in the world. And the probability of it happening always has to be brought in. I try to bring probability estimates into uh, coincidences when I try to examine them because occasionally or a lot of times, as statisticians will want us to believe, they can be explained statistically. And the statisticians go too far in explaining them all, mm -hmm. but every coincidence has some kind of probability of having happened. But let's go back to the way you were thinking about the um, the transmission idea yeah. and the telepathy idea, because there you and I uh, may have more in common than uh, people who talk about telepathy uh, currently. Well, you see, because the way I look at it, Bernie, is that the proof of that theory actually exists, and yet because it is, I think, right in front of everybody, we, they miss it. Let's take keep, a look at... Let, keep, let, keep, keep going with that. Okay, let's take a look at the... The, uh, the, the amount of microwave transmissions that are out there, the way that your cell phone works. All right, I'm in Hamilton, Ontario. I know your number. I pick up my cell phone. I dial you. It goes the, to a, the closest uh, transmission tower for my carrier. <laughs> is transmitted. I'm getting. I mean, I'm really. Yeah. This is fun because um, you're right in the middle of broadcasting. Exactly. <laughs> stuff through the airwaves, and so you're even you're even closer on a daily basis to what we're talking about. Here. Right. So yeah, keep going. So you know, <laughs> my specific telephone number that I have have keyed in is going through the system. Uh, let's call it the neuron system in the brain as a comparison. And is looking for your telephone number. 
It finds your carrier, it finds your number, your phone rings, and you and I talk. So maybe, using the same analogy, our mind does the same thing. Now try to go ahead and say what the transmitter is. We, can, we know what it is when you're calling me. Right. What is it that when my father is contacting me, what is, ha what is the transmission mode? Thought. And how, how does thought go from 3,000 miles away uh, in, in a fairly short period of time? Now, you see, now this is something that isn't being investigated. Yes. You know, oh, well, because I, take, I, for example, Bernie, the, the radio signal that I put out, it doesn't stop here on planet Earth. It keeps on going. It keeps on going. It goes past Jupiter. It goes into the next solar system. It goes into the next galaxy. It does not stop. The same thing I believe, happens with your thought. When your dad was ha in a matter of crisis, he connected with you. It's the same thing when people have the apparition of a, of a parent or a loved one who is getting ready to pass. They could be thousands of miles away, and yet that person will have an apparition that their parent visited them. The apparition stops, the phone rings, and the person learns that their loved one has passed. Exactly. Crisis apparition. Exactly. exactly. So I believe that there is something called a crisis thought transference. How does that work, Rob? All right, once again, we know that the, the mind is, uh, the brain has neurons in it. You're, you're you the betcha. Okay. So betcha. these neurons transfer information on electrical pulses. Yep. Okay. If you have the myelin that deteriorates around the nerves, you have a, um, now let me see, you have a short. Uh -huh. And one of the shorts is called multiple sclerosis because the message isn't getting to all parts of the body. If you take the same analogy as I think it, it could possibly work, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, hey, I'm just a radio guy. But, oh, yeah, I, f I forgot. <laughs> yeah, but, but when you take that and you say, all right, we are human transmitters. We're, you, the bo human body is a, is, is, a, is a broadcast mechanism. We transmit messages and we receive messages. We know this for a fact. We can actually see it using certain types of photography to see the, the aura which transmits, because that is a signal coming from within, going out into your own electromagnetic field. Yep. So, I don't understand why certain members of the scientific community, and I'm certainly not talking about you here, Bernie, because I've got a lot of respect for you, and I don't respect a lot of people, as you well know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think that what we limit ourselves to is what we can see. And I believe that neuroscience will one day, if they haven't already and they're still working on it to prove it before they come out and say it, is basically understanding that thought transference is real. Tele telepathy is real. It is the transmission of a thought sent through the ether to a receiver. Transmission, reception. Maybe that's the entire premise behind the power of prayer. When you go to church and you pray for uh, someone who is sick or in a prayer cycle, circle, whatever they call them, goes to show you how often I go to church. Maybe this is what 
prayer is all about. It's getting that message to that person, letting them know they're not alone, and that the power of thought, the power of uh, the positive energy that you're that you're transmitting, plays within the body. The brain receives it, and the increased power somehow helps to heal. I've lost you. Huh? The, um, that the words I want to focus on mm-hmm. um, are, are is ether, right? And the electromagnetic activity around, around the brain and uh-huh. body, as, as you talked about right. with Karelian photography or even just seeing auras, which right. I've been able to do sometimes. There, and I experience, as a therapist, electromagnetic uh, activity between well, me and my sure, patients. Not, well, this is what happens when people read each other. They, yep. are, they are reading the electromagnetic impulses that they're receiving from the person. So if we can do this at short distances, you know, why do people think that we can't do it in long distances, especially understanding that, correct me if I'm wrong here, Bernie, that we only understand about 10% of the function of the human brain. Uh, With a lot for us to learn. Exactly. My my biggest question, Rob, is you, you are coming to is that we can do it with someone in the same room. Mm-hmm. We can feel their electromagnetic activity. Mm-hmm. I, I like to go to dance where it's free form dance. Right. Uh, and, and, and the energy in the room just ebbs and flows and I can be yep. part of it. When I'm on the outside uh, and I'm like resting and then it's like jumping into a pond and picking up the energy and going with what's going on in there. These are real world here and now experiences mm-hmm. of electromagnetic activity or vibes with other people. Right. The, the question for us is how does that happen at a distance? One of the most important part of it is emotion. High intensity emotion helps things like this to happen. It helps a lot of coincidences of different forms to happen. Because what, emotion, it, because what emo- it does is it boosts the, the strength of the transmission. Okay, I think that's true. Uh, we're coming to the end of this segment, and during the next part of the segment, let's go through the big mystery. And I have some answers to this, but I want to hear what you say about how, still, how you go 3,000 miles in a minute. We'll be back after a short break. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, your host uh, trying to get a little spacey with my super guest, Rob McConnell, as we talk about oh, space. You. We talk about uh, the space between my father and me, 3,000 yeah. miles apart, and other people just like this. At greater, great distances, mm-hmm. individuals feel the pain, the emotion of, a, of another. And how does that happen? Emotion drives it, but you're mechanistic and so am I. How does that information get transmitted through the ether what is the ether and how is it transmitted all right let me ask you a question why is it that people believe that the speed of light is based on a set formula that we have come up with in this time of our evolution why do they think that it is fact and written in stone Uh, i'm glad you bring that up because uh, people are questioning it just as you do you see, I, the way I look at it, Bernie, is that a lot of the questions that, that try to be answered are based on the physics that we have today. Yes. You know, Einstein, everybody you know, bows to him and you know, they put him up on an altar and you know, they kiss his royal butt. How do we know Einstein <coughs> will be proven wrong in the future as we progress with the new scientific and the new quantum physics that are bound to be discovered. Like, nothing stays still. No. So how do we know that thought transference can, in fact, travel instantaneously? How do we know that isn't possible? Because Einstein Uh, says it can't? I don't believe Einstein all the time. Well, Einstein Einstein thought it was uh, spooky action at a distance. And and you know know about um, two electrons uh, uh, being taken that are paired and being separated yeah. and you change the spin of one at mm-hmm. a distance and the other one changes that right. that distance too uh that that's uh, one way of looking at what happened with my father and me 
that there's some quantum physics uh, like activity of two paired people uh, experiencing something at a distance. I'm not going to try to say that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, si- I, li- I still like going back to the uh, radio station analogy because yeah. that's, uh, that's where I started, that each of us uh, is a radio station exactly. transmitter. Exactly. As you were thinking. Yeah. So how does it happen? Cool. Well, I, I, are you familiar with the Schumann Resonance? Um, the Schumann, Schumann Resonance is uh, an electromagnetic activity uh, going on uh, between the Earth's crust and the uh, ionosphere, which is about 40,000 um, feet up. And uh, the Schumann Resonance has um, uh, a wavelength of uh, 8 hertz. And 8 hertz is pretty slow. Um, and it takes about seven of these uh, waves to get around the Earth. But th- what's intriguing to me is that that eight hertz is also uh, the same number for uh, our theta waves in our brains. And theta waves are associated with relaxation uh, and sometimes with telepathic communication and out-of-body experiences. So we grew up in a soup. Uh, we evolved in a soup of uh, of of Schumann resonance of eight uh, of eight hertz, mm-hmm. and matching the eight hertz of our minds of our brains uh, with the eight hertz of the Schumann resonance uh, begins to be a way for me to visualize be our thoughts being carried at a distance, especially when driven by emotion. Makes sense. So how, good. So, so how can we? What's the difference between chance and synchronicity? Um, if you look at the definition of chance, mm-hmm. it's, it's got two. Chance is w- definitions. One chance is probability. Uh, it, it could happen or not. What's, what's the chance of that happening? And the other is like give peace a chance, where chance becomes an opportunity. So, so coincidences are both probability and opportunity. All right. So instead of somebody saying... saying I got into my car, I turned on the radio, and I heard our song. It has to be synchronicity. Why don't they say, I, got, I went into my car, I turned on the radio, and just by chance, I happened to hear our song? Some people do just that. But there's a definite difference between synchronicity and chance. Why, if they're both the same thing? Well, no, no, we're talking here about... Um, mm-hmm. The, the perceiver's ex- ex- experience of that radio uh, thought connection. All right, but don't you, don't you agree? Or let me, uh, I'm not, let, me, let me rephrase that. As I Please. see it, as I Please see do. it. Hey, we're interviewing you, baby. You go ahead. <laughs> I love you, BB. You know, when you started talking about two electrons, I thought you were going to say, you know, have you heard the one where two electrons walk into a bar <laughs> and meet a bar. molecule? But anyway. Go ahead. The audience has to hear it. <laughs> I know. That was it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I find it. I think much. It, I think it was. Too, uh, it's the answer. Do you remember it? The two electrons walk in the bar. One says to the other, "Why are you so negative?" That's yeah. What it so, yeah. <laughs> I love how I can digress. Uh, okay, so you, you've. I forgot what I was going to say here. All right, no. Let's take the analogy chance, of that chance. programmer. Okay, he programs the song. Three weeks later, that program is broadcast. Guy gets into his car and turns it on. He's just had a fight with his girlfriend, turns on the car, turns on the radio. There's their song. 
why would that be coincidence when it makes more sense to me being in the industry? The programmer programs a song, it's played three weeks later, and just by chance, it's their song. This is where we have to recognize the choice the experiencer has in interpreting that coincidence. It's a coincidence no matter what we're, no matter how you define coincidence, whereas coincidence simply means the coming together of two life events in a surprising and unexplained way. Well, what's the difference? All right, so what is the definition of chance then? I'm sorry, I, I, I might have missed something here. Well, I gave you two definitions of chance. Give them one, to me again. One is probability. Yeah. Uh, the same thing you were just talking about. Probability. It, it's it's a chance event. That right. means it it happened by uh, by probability. There was a probability of its happening because the guys playing the radio, uh, pl- playing stuff, and you're going to get in. And there's zillions of people getting into radios, listening to getting into cars, listening to radios. So that's the statisticians perspective and there are well-known statisticians too in England who will say just what you're saying the law of very large numbers says that sort of thing is going to happen lots of times because there's seven billion people on earth there's lots of radios and there's lots of romantic breakups so it's going to happen by chance by right. probability <laughs> by the law of very large numbers you see you see to me that makes more sense than saying it was destiny uh, destiny is something else. Now, when you, where I am, Rob, is between destiny uh, or like uh, it's orchestrated and probability. I'm saying that we human beings here have something to do with those events. And let me give you an example that's a little easier to understand. I was at dance uh, last week or two weeks ago, and I've been having trouble with the guy uh, who I wrote a couple of songs, the songs that you're playing on your radio station, these coincidence songs that I've done or that we've done. Mm-hmm. And we, we were having one of our spats and it was irreconcilable at the time. So for some, I felt hot in the dance floor. So I wanted to go outside to, um, to uh, cool off. And I run into his wife. And his wife and I talk about the problem Francesco and I are having, and we resolve it. And Francesco and I are going to meet later today because we ran into each other, because I ran into his wife. The timing of my leaving the dance floor and running into her, and I've been on that dance floor many times, and I've left it many times. I've never run into her before. That was what I am going to say based on need. I needed to resolve this problem with Francesco, and I sensed in a way that we are talking about that his wife was there so that I could go into the narrow time window of her being there waiting for her daughter to come out from uh, from uh, violin practice, I mean bass guitar practice, and have this conversation with her with just enough time until the daughter came out. I call that human GPS the capacity of human beings to find their ways to places they need to be without knowing consciously or con- how they got there. And something like that, I think, happened with Sissy Spacek and listening and getting on the radio, getting, listening to a radio program playing Coal Miner's Daughter. 
Something like that happened to her. And something like that happens when uh, the man has the breakup uh, with his girlfriend and turns on the radio. We have intuitive senses for what's going on around us that match our needs. And we can pick up and somehow, without knowing how or that we are doing it, get to where we need to be so that we can have the experience we need to have. But in the big scheme of thing, that, that doesn't make any sense. It really makes no sense to me. Because what you're saying is that you are so important in this universe that the universe has directed its entire workings to you. And that makes no sense because there would be a global, a, a global shift within the time-space continuum, if in fact that did affect, because it would, if that did happen, because it would be affecting every person on this planet. Now, there's some people, uh, is this our last segment? I got so caught up in this, I No, forgot. no, we got uh, one more left. Okay. Um, that, that I don't take that perspective, although some people do, and uh, our, our last, uh, the Sky Nelson, who I last, interviewed last week, can be talking something like that, but it's not exactly as self-centered as it seems. What I'm saying is, just like the, the wife of Francesco was there, and I could sense it, and therefore went out and ran into her, that the guy getting into the car senses the timing is right for him to hear that song that's already programmed on the radio. See, this is where I look at, step back, and say, that still does not make sense to me. Because what, like, I, I can't believe that Everything has been pre-planned to the second, just so you, just so the synchronicity could happen to you. See, see if you can go from the experience with my father, because mm -hmm. that's a form of communication that you can accept. Yeah, I can. That there is also a communication from the person who is breaking up with his girlfriend. That there's from that he picks up mm -hmm. from the radio station, just like the radio station is broadcasting all over. But everything in the radio was pre-planned. It, it is pre-planned, and, and that's a way of knowing because it's already planned. But it's also a way of saying it was just by chance. The probabilities. Now, who's saying that that person who heard that song did not have five or six or ten or twenty other songs that they could relate to the same? the same uh, breakup, but because that one out of the 20 of their favorite songs was played, we have to, I, I can't understand how we can say that was a coincidence instead and, of chance. Th this, this is an example of what we're talking about here, where probability plays a big part. And it becomes a, a matter of choice here. I'm telling you about how I can conceive of it in GPS terms. Mm -hmm. But the way you're talking about it is very reasonable too. And I, I can't, we're both partly right here more one than the other but we'll continue this after a short break is under ever-increasing pressure from untenable lifestyles and growing populations. Yet, viable answers seem in short supply. What if I told you there's an ancient form that can empower you to take charge of your life? What if your entire family could be enfolded and supported by life itself? 
finding safe passage through challenging times. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School with great news, an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes based in an ancient form of shamanism easily learned and used by your entire family. Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow are a series of online adult and children's lessons instructing your entire family on natural law, how to cooperate with and be supported by the powers of the universe. Visit findyourpathhome.com to find these unique and powerful classes. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, your host. My guest is uh, Rob McConnell, uh, producer of XEBN and this show. And it's a delight having you to talk with, Rob. Really is. That's great speaking to you as always, Bernie. Thank you. And it's uh, let's let's try um, let's try a, a, another not so uncommon okay. experience. Um, uh, this uh, this this one again involves my father. Um, I went to uh, Wilmington, Delaware, for uh, his tombstone unveiling, which is uh, part of Jewish tradition to do that uh, within a year of um, when the person dies. Um, and instead of uh, when I came, and I was living in San Francisco, so instead of um, getting back on the plane as I had planned to, I delayed a day to to visit a friend of mine who was going to jail for protesting the Vietnam War, and got on the plane and changed planes in Dallas, Texas, and sat next to uh, a woman um, with a spit with a seat in between, and she had a big watch on and uh, leaned over and asked me what time is it uh, as a way of starting the conversation. And we had a very good conversation and um, ended up uh, getting married and having two boys. And now I have two grandchildren. Um, How did that happen? Um, 
there are stories like this okay. um, that um, I explained in my way and that uh, another person with a similar one where she needed an intervention um, and got it. Um, I explained it that my father helped arrange this, uh, which is a not scientific, mm -hmm. uh, but emotionally satisfying. But and, that's but that's because you want to believe it. It doesn't mean that's the real reason, Bernie. It's because it suits your personal needs. It suits your personal requirements. That's how I see it. Like, I cannot understand, and, and no disrespect to the situation, but I can't understand how, you know, like, in order for her to be put in the seat beside you, look at all the things that would have had to happen, not just for Bernie Biteman, but for everyone else in the world for that to happen. Once again, we're focusing and saying, I am, now this is how I see it. Now please, don't take me wrong. I am so important, or my needs are so great, that the universe set everything up prior to time just so that this would happen. I can't buy that. I don't buy that either. So how do you explain it in... in, in a rational way that can be proven. Ah. Some of the ideas that coincidences suggest are beyond even conceptualization for modern science, which includes quantum mechanics. There are, there are strange things uh, happening under... <laughs> under the moon uh, that we can't and that we don't understand. Um, I, I can't explain it. Uh, the way explanations sometimes come around mm -hmm. is starting with a feeling and a desire to do it. But th this is not the universe, whatever that is, um, making it happen. It's two people whose hearts need to find somebody else, need to find another heart, somehow finding their ways to each other. And how do things get arranged for that to happen? I don't know. But as a well, scientist, how can you say something is real when you can't quantify it? And you're a doctor. You're a scientist. How can you quantify it and just leave it to, well, that's what happened. I don't know how it happened, so it happened and I've got to accept it. Well, the way I start quantifying things like this is by collecting stories like it. Uh, that's... That's okay. the beginning of quantification. Well, what you have to prove that these things happen. And what you're doing, what you're doing and using as a bench test are people who believe. Would this not be better sent out to people who are not believers and who have not gone to a specific website or to a research institution because they believe in the same things that you believe in? Some of them who, who contact me have no idea how they happen. They're, it's the surprise and the emotion that gets involved with it. But now we're, we're coming back and you're interviewing me, and I want to turn this back with another mm. example for you to talk about, that the data is, uh, is even stronger than what I can do with what I've just talked about. But I, I'm just asking a question. I'm not interviewing you. I, I'm just asking questions that, that I, uh, I'd like answered, and, and you're the expert in the field. Let me give you another, another kind of coincidence. Okay. Um, there's a, a lot of data that inform in terms of uh, that comes in form of anecdotes mm -hmm. that uh, 
reincarnation happens. Mm -hmm. And the, the work done here by Jim Tucker at the University of, of Virginia mm -hmm. um, is invo involves interviewing children who are mm -hmm. maybe two or three years old, just yeah. beginning to talk, who start saying that things about a, a person who has died and that they are that person mm -hmm. and that they start talking about details about that person. Okay. There's one, there's one famous one of, uh, of a kid that started saying that, uh, that he went down in flames in his airplane in the South Seas mm -hmm. during um, uh, the World War II. Okay. And the, the kid was able to talk about names of people who were uh, his buddies, mm -hmm. uh, the, about where it happened, and a lot of other details that uh, just the kid was saying. Yeah. So part of what Tucker's research is, is to then investigate whether there can be validated any history of such events okay. and such people mm -hmm. uh, as the kid is describing. Okay. And they come up, that's just one story in a book called Life After Life. All right. Okay. Now, hold on here. Let's just take a look at this case here. The, the, the child who was very young and who, by any stretch of the imagination, should not have known, or by those who are investigating the, the reincarnation phenomenon, are saying, well, there's no way this child could have known these facts. But in the research that the, that the scientists did in this, did he check to see what television programs were on that his father may have watched that he was in the room watching at the same time? They tried to eliminate any possible ways for the kid to get the information. And but, the, the kind of details that he came up with, uh, no television show is going to come up with. I don't know about that. But, you know, okay. I, I, once again, I like specifics. My training is as a police criminal investigator. Oh, really? Yeah. I was on, I would, I would, I've been a law enforcement officer from nine, seven, 1979 until 1986 or 87 when I, when I had to leave the force because of a, uh, I came down with Quezon's disease from a deep dive. Oh. So, you know, my background is investigation. Hardcore, hard fact investigation. So when I hear antidotes, if I, if I hear something like that, I like to question it because I want to know the details that went in to the research that the researcher claims to have done. And I think that this is what a lot of people who do not believe in or do not understand the entire concept behind synchronicities need to hear. And I think that this is the missing link, is that a lot is taken for granted instead of a lot being put under the microscope and thoroughly investigated. Like the New Age genre, in, in you know, is is based on well, woo-wooism. Let me interrupt sure. you there because I agree with you. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do is begin the development of a science of coincidences, which will require mm -hmm. doing just what you're asking about, and which Jim Tucker has done with these stories from uh, young children thoroughly investigated in the skeptical way that I think you would appreciate to see if there are matches and to see just how much the family uh, might have exposed the kid to what 
uh, in some way or another what he's talking about. You can always say he might have gotten, but without my being him, Jim Tucker, they eliminate as many variables as possible by talking with the parents and then check the details that the kid responds to kid describes with as much thoroughness as they can. I think you would respect the way they're doing it. And the reason they are they are an advanced group compared mm-hmm. to what I'm doing is because they have had 30 years of history now to figure out how to be able to get these questions done right and be able to say with some confidence that this kid did not get this information from the TV or books that he's reading. He got it from someplace but, else. But you just said something. Some confidence. How can we take partial confidence and put it into reality to explain a phenomenon? You said some confidence. I didn't. I did say some confidence because there, when you do uh, anecdotes mm-hmm. and investigate the details, it's the accumulation that increases the confidence. But once, and there need, need to be more and more stories that look like they were done in the way of, of a good investigation that then stand up as a group as saying there looks like the possibility mm-hmm. that this kid, that kids have one life pop into their lives as children. But you see, this is where I have a big problem with it, Bernie, is because a lot of people are making a lot of claims based on non-completed investigations because of some confidence instead of total fact. Uh, total fact is uh, like just like the speed of light, as we talked about earlier, becomes something different uh, as we start looking at it carefully. That things keep changing, and we have to keep that in mind. And one of the things that keeps changing is that we are going to have to come to the end of this great conversation, Rob. Thank you very, very much for for being my guest on this show. It's oh, been a great pleasure. pleasure. 